Welcome to the Art of Community podcast. I'm Heather Cotton, and this is my husband, Ben. Howdy. This is episode number four. Thanks for joining us as we explore the joys and pains of meaningful life together. Today, we're going to talk about making the invitation. And this seems like it should be simple, but um, a lot of times we need to just have some skills uh, ready for us to be able to establish meaningful relationships and keep them going. That's what we're going to talk about today. This is episode four. Thanks for joining us. I said that already. You said said episode four? Yep. I don't think you did. I promise I did. (laughs) Well, yeah. So now they know. Episode four. That's clear. Good job on the intro, hon. Like a real pro. We're so, we're so professional here. We're very professional. That's just the kind of place we're running here. Mm. Just the kind of podcast this is. So what are we talking about? So making the invite. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I have a quote. I don't know where it came from. My friend Scott told me about it, but he didn't know where it came from either. I asked him. So we're just going to say it like, like we know where it came from, but we're not going to tell you. <laughs> Just know that we didn't make it up. We didn't make this up. And the quote is, never withhold an invitation for fear of it being rejected. Which I think is awesome. Yeah. And so uh, the idea is that if you wait around to be invited, you're going to wait a really long time. (laughs) Because you might not be. And if if you wait, especially because you think, well, I don't think that person is going to accept my invitation or you're just too worried about it, then you'll never do it. And that's a huge mistake. And so um, you're going to do most of the inviting in your, your life. Most of the, you know, uh, initiation of any kind of, whether it just be coffee or dinner or, or or just a conversation for that matter, is going to be most of the time, just going ahead and kind of accepting that this is part of, Life is part of making friends. It's part of the deal, which is you're, everybody does most of the asking in their life. Um, and so what we want to do is just sort of help you with that invitation. But I think the first thing you got to do is just sort of stir up the courage and the understanding that you're the one that need, you need to take responsibility for that initiation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so a lot of th- th- today of what we're going to talk about is is going to be very practical kind of how-tos of of doing this. Um, but I would say that um, kind of in relation to what we talked about last time, which is don't necessarily put yourself in a box with the kind of people that you're going to interact with and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, um, is all still true. But I'm going to say something a little bit to the opposite of that in some of the the things that we talk about today, because there's going to be some things that, um, that you have to kind of think through, at least when you're establishing a relationship that mm-hmm. might not be true once you have it, or once you feel comfortable in understanding how you can really establish good relationships, you might can be a little bit more flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, or so keep in mind still the stuff we talked about last time, which is, don't put yourself in a box of the kind of people you're interacting with. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
some of these rules we're going to talk about are going to seem a little bit opposed to that. So, yeah, I think, um, like for me, I, I think it's easy if you're kind of the kind of person that finds walking kind of the cold call, cold ask, you know, hey, do you want to grab coffee or, or, or just walking into a room and starting a conversation? If you're the kind of person that finds that easy, this might all seem very basic to you, but. Mm-hmm. But I think for a, the vast majority of people, they don't have these skills and they, or like me, I'm introverted and it does not come naturally to me to walk into a room, pick somebody out, walk up and have a conversation. That's something I have to, I've had to learn to do that didn't come naturally to me. And I find that a lot of people are that way. And so we want to kind of help those people um, connect. And so, like, I think just starting with that idea that I started with, which is the math is not in your favor in terms of you just, if your plan is to wait for somebody to, to call you or text you or initiate a conversation with you, you're, you're going to have a very lonely existence. And so the first thing I would say is kind of get a, you just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be mean about it, but you got to get over that. You got to put your big boy pants on. And get in there, right? Get in there, wade into the crowd, wade into your life and, and, and decide that you're not going to live a life of waiting for other people to be your friend. Instead, you're going to go do that yourself. Yeah. Be the inviter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just on a practical stand, practical viewpoint uh, of this, one thing to, to, to take into consideration with your own personality and your own desires is do I want to create um, community slash relationships around some one-on-one relationships or do I want more of like a group, like a group of friends mm-hmm. or a group of um, people that um, we're all in relationship together? Like, um, so some sometimes people are better at the one-on-one relationships and sometimes people are better in a crowd. And so I think like thinking through that when you first are starting to establish a relationship or when you're, if you find yourself just being lonely a lot and you're like, I need more friends in my life. I need more people in my life to um, think through that part of it first is do I want to establish relationships with people on a more one-on-one basis or with a group? Mm-hmm. Um, because then that helps you to decide how to do it, the inviting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, You'll hear us talk about, and we'll probably do an episode later about um, like a sup- our supper club, um, which is something that we started um, where we just thought through who are some people. We actually thought through it like who are some people that are in our church specifically that are not connecting and how can we, and like people that are kind of of similar age and how can we connect them together. Uh, we established kind of a group. Um, based on those parameters where we were like, who are some people that aren't all of these people are of around the same age stage of life and they're not connecting and let's get them. Let's, let's all connect. And then now three years later, we have a group. Um, other times we'll have people that are in our lives. Where we're like, I could, I, I can tell they need a friend or we want some more friends, like either on a one-on-one basis or as couples. And so mm-hmm. then those are going to be other kind, a different kind of invitation. So that's more specific to say, hey, would you guys like to come for dinner or meet for dinner? 
Um, and so those, I think just establishing in your mind or with your spouse, what kind of relationships are we looking for? Um, are the, is it going to be couples or groups? Yeah, I think, and that's might be just driven by like your own personality or your, your comfort level. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about somebody, maybe the idea of, you know, texting like five or six people or 10 people and saying, let's all get together is super intimidating to you. Whereas like the one-on-one thing might not be, or for some people it's the opposite. It's the idea of like the, the idea of having to carry the conver- a conversation one-on-one is intimidating. Whereas the idea of being in a group of people where maybe, you know, some of them better than others, that's less intimidating. I think a lot of people are different. So I think it's totally okay for you to just think of it like baby steps. What's easier? What's something you'll actually do? Like what's a goal you can set that you'll actually do instead of saying, I'm going to have 15 people over to my house when you know deep down that scares the living daylights out of you yeah. and you'll actually never do it. And so yep. I think that's part of it too, is just thinking about what will you actually do? What's kind of what sort of personality you have? What kind of capacity do you have? And working with what you got yep. instead of reaching, you know, reaching too high and then never actually doing anything. So um, a couple of practical things as far as the invite we were listening to a podcast by a person by the name of Felicia Masonheimer, and she was talking about establishing community. And I thought she was talking about like a couple of rules that she and her husband have in establishing community that I thought were good. But one of the ones that she at, that she talked about was having a rule of three asks. And mm-hmm. so like that in that she means like you offer the invitation once and then if it's rejected, you offer again and maybe in a different way. So like maybe the first time you've invited them over for dinner, they say no. Well, it could be because they don't, that specific couple or person or group doesn't feel comfortable coming to somebody's home that they don't know well. So maybe you ask it in a different way. If it's still rejected or not reciprocated or the person doesn't seem super excited about it, you might try one more time. And then you just say, okay, in this stage of life, this might not be best for them. Let's move to the next person. We talked about that a little bit last time, but that's going to be um, just kind of a good indicator not to see that as rejection where you right. have, but to instead just say, okay, I'm going to move to the next um, person. But that th- rule of three asks, I thought that was such a good thing because you don't want to just be like, oh, I asked him once. I'm never going to ask him right. again. Um, and even if you've asked three times and, and three times it has said no, and you're like, okay, I'm going to move to the next person. It doesn't mean that's a forever answer. Maybe right. it's that stage of life. We we touched on that last time, but I thought that was a great kind of rule to um Yeah, I like that too because it's like uh it sort of has built into it the expectation that uh, f- for one it it takes more than one. Yeah. For for most people cuz life is what it is. But a lot of times we ask once and we give up because we think oh, that didn't work because we're already kind of nervous and worried about it. But it also assumes that you're going to ask lots of people. Yeah. Like you're going to, yeah, you ask three and then you move on. You don't sort of get defeated because not every person you're going to be friends with or connect with, or not every group of people connects together. And so even if, you know, like I've been in small groups and stuff my whole life and some work and some don't, and some of them, you can't explain what makes them work. 
Yeah. And some groups of friends get along and some, some like each other, but don't stick together. And, and so I think it just kind of, all that's built into that one rule, which is ask three times and then move on. And then maybe you'll come back around yeah. later and it's, they're in a different stage in life where you are and suddenly it clicks. And yeah. so it's not like I'm now rejecting you. Goodbye. Like, bye Felicia. Like <laughs> you're, you're not in my life anymore. You didn't answer my call three times. That's not really, that's not the idea. It's that maybe you come back around to them six months or a year later. But for now, you just say, okay, I'm going to move on and just let it be what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I think when you are going to ask somebody, usually um, when I'm asking somebody to um, meet for the first time or do something for the first time, I'll usually give options like, would you like to come to our house for dinner or we could meet somewhere? Because it really is true that sometimes people are not comfortable going out to a restaurant. And then sometimes people are not comfortable coming into a home, into your home mm-hmm. when you really don't have an established relationship. Um, and so if you give an option, like being aware that there's different com- comfort levels. And so if you say, if like your only option is, would you like to come over to my house at seven o'clock on Monday night? And there's no other option besides that, then you're setting yourself up for mm-hmm. maybe m- more people saying no, where if you have some choices, you don't just keep it super open-ended. But you say, would you like to meet for coffee or for dinner? You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Or would you like to come to our house for, or, you know, those kind of things. Then that's a a great way to kind of leave the door open enough that they can say yes, because you're giving them a couple of options in their comfort level. Um, Yeah, that's really smart. Because I think a lot of times we, it's it's one of the things I want to point out in general, but this specifically is a good example of it, which is we tend to think about ourselves with this kind of thing and not about other people. Mm-hmm. And so we make a lot of mistakes at the very beginning by ask, inviting other people into situations where they're going to be really uncomfortable. And instead of thinking about them and, and, and how can I, how can I be a blessing to them? And it, it also, we tend to not ask people, we, we tend to ask people based on what we think we have in common with them, like surfacey things. Yeah. And I've just been thinking about like most of my great friends um, are people that either I didn't, I didn't understand at first or even didn't like at first. And I still don't have a lot in common with them, but life kind of brought us together. And I think when you're thinking through this invitation, thinking about who you ask, trying to understand what you can about who they are, what they like, what they don't like. Are they single? Are they married? Do they have little kids? All these kinds of things. And then just giving them options and trying to think about not what makes you most comfortable, what makes them comfortable Mm -hmm. is a good first step. too. Yeah. And you'll know a lot even in their response, because if they're responding with, well, why don't you come to my house? Right. First of all, there's, there's probably a hospitality thing there. They really like hosting. Uh, Also, it might be where they're most comfortable. And so, uh, keeping that in mind um, is important. I think to um, just recognizing the fact that relationships take time, like you're almost never going to just jump into a relationship and it be, we're best friends immediately. There's certain people that you really click with immediately, but um, you're never going to just be super close right off the bat. And so keeping that in mind that relationships take years not mm-hmm. days, not months, but like years to really establish 
And a lot of times it's established in the smaller things. Like not every relationship that you're going to have is going to be every time we get together, we're going to have this deep, meaningful conversation. It's having a meal together. It's going to the park together. It's going um, on vacation together. It's doing all these like things that kind of seem uh, insignificant, but you're building a trust and you're building a relationship there that can weather storms Mm -hmm. and that can weather things that are really hard. So that when when you say I, I'm having a, a crisis, there's been enough established kind of time together that you can show up for each other. And right. so yeah, don't that, put pressure on yourself for it to be this immediate deep thing. Um, it, a lot of times it looks like mm-hmm. having countless dinners together or countless time together right. um, where nothing real big and purposeful is happening. Yeah, I think we small talk gets a bad rap as far as we think it's so unimportant and it's so tiresome. And, and there are, there are people that refuse to kind of so quote unquote, go deep in their conversation. Like that's true. And that, those are, that is annoying, but small talk is really important. It's how we get through that initial layer of getting to know you and or each other and it's really important and it's 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 all so connecting that's part of connecting as human beings is those small this that's those small talk moments that and it takes and i think too like it's it takes a long time to get deep yeah and some people either because of personality differences or because they've been betrayed before or whatever it takes them longer than others yeah it doesn't mean they're not worth like being patient for and spending time spending several months doing small talk when you think boy i really would like to have a deeper conversation like maybe it's worth it maybe that person is worth it and i do think you know like in our our you were talking about our supper club like it is that's if if you feel like you've been doing that for a long time there is a place for saying to that person hey you know can we do you mind if we get a little deeper like yeah. like just being open i know that takes some you're kind of putting yourself out there when you do that but like if you if you've had a relationship with somebody and you've had like a thousand cups of coffee and all you've talked about is the weather and what's going on at work then i don't think it's wrong to for you to be the one that initiates kind of that next level to kind of address it head on and say, cause and say like, I, can we, you know, can we talk about more and then maybe have a suggestion or a question you can ask yeah, and a I little don't, deeper. And I don't think that you even have to say, can we, a, a lot of times the way that you do that is by being the first person to open up. Just doing it. Yeah. And yeah. It, that's actually something that I'm not always super great at, like, because it's, it, it's hard to kind of, broach and i think we'll probably do a a, like a longer episode on this but kind of getting over the hurdle of okay we've had this small talk we've established relationship we've had a lot of time together like now how do we get deeper that some people come by that really naturally because they're very open people and other people um are have to fight for that and so but if you're willing to be the person that kind of goes there first then a lot of times that opens up the door for the other people or or people like uh, all of the people that you're with to mm-hmm. do the same. Um, yeah. And so like the small groups that I've been, you mentioned small groups that I've been in that work always have somebody that's willing to 
we we always laugh. Like some some of my girlfriends always laugh to laugh to say, "You always need a crier." Like somebody needs yeah, to cry, right. yeah. you know. And I know that's probably only true for girls, but no, it's um, not. It's not. <laughs> but like, there needs to be somebody that's like a having a moment, having a thing enough that it's producing a um a emotional reaction because mm. they're talking about something in their life that's important, and so that's but that's not going to always happen immediately. So be patient with it, but also be willing to kind of sense when it's time to transition. I think that that's, that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think just like it takes somebody who's a crier and, you know, not, it doesn't have to be crying, literally crying, but you get the idea. It also is true that all it takes is one person flat refusing to go deep. So you have somebody who opens up We've seen this before. Somebody opens up and they're crying and, or, you know, just being really all open or vulnerable or honest about something and someone else can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And that person makes either changes a subject or makes it a joke or whatever and, and sort of throws a wet blanket on it because they can't handle the honesty. Yeah. That's another problem that I, I in my opinion, you have to. At some point, you got to address that head on, like you, you privately. I mean, I guess if you're just really close, all close friends, you could address it openly. But probably it's better to like pull that person aside at some point and say, like, and just ask them, why do you do that? Like, if it's really a pattern, just like, like why do you do that? Why, why do you? Every time somebody gets really vulnerable, I've noticed that you quickly change the subject or make a joke. Like, why is that? And try to help them because that kind of thing is a community killer. Yeah. And you have to, you can't, you can't just let that keep happening. Another practical idea um, and stuff, this has kind of worked for us in the past and hasn't during other times, just this is a season of life thing, I think, but like to establish one night a week, or maybe it's one night a month, if you don't have that much time in your schedule to say, we're going to invite somebody into, or we're mm-hmm. going to make sure we're intentionally connecting with somebody. So if you have that time, whether it be somebody that you're first establishing a relationship with and you're inviting them or somebody new, I think if you have established relationships, it's good also to to stretch yourself into having more, like to not just settle, but to say, because there's more people around you who need it as well. Mm-hmm. And so it takes, it takes people being willing to say, I'm going to give my time to this to really make it work. And so if you have like, let's just say Tuesday night and you're like, we consistently don't have things on Tuesday night, either one Tuesday a month, or maybe it's every week, depending on kind of where you are in your life to say, we're going to invite somebody over or we're going to go out or we're going to have a game night or we're going to do something on this Tuesday night and and have people here and establish relationship. If you're, mm-hmm. and if you're just starting a friendship, have those same people over or maybe rotate it. And then you can really see who you do click with. If it's like, man, I wish we could hang out again before next Tuesday. That's a really good sign that like, okay, this is a relationship that's working and I want to have more time with them than just a once a week thing or a once a month thing. Then that's a good kind of indicator that you might be able to extend that, that invitation more often and invite them in, invite people into things that you already have established. So if you're going to have a, our friends, um, Christine and Israel are great. In fact, we laugh about it because um, Israel will just invite you over and like you think you're just going over 
for <laughs> um for hangout and then there's like a group of people and you're like uh what did i just walk into and sometimes it's a family party sometimes it's <laughs> i mean you don't know what you're walking into and um you better we, not just wear your pajamas over there at any time <laughs> yeah so i did that one time <laughs> i showed up in uh my pajamas yeah in my sweatpants bedroom slippers yeah my slippers thinking that we were just hanging out and there was a group of people there i was like oh hi so um <laughs> anyway it, but that's a great thing to do like you already have this established thing um we're having a family dinner they don't care if other people come so they're going to invite you into it and that's a good way to see people's lives so you don't have to feel like okay i have to have only this special time set aside if you have something where it allows for more people to be kind of in the mix, then do that mm -hmm. because that's going to be a good time to connect with people. Yeah. So I think you can see like there's this progression of like, just, just let's say you've got little to no people in your life, like really. And then like you start with one or two and, it, and then now you like, and then you go, well, you know, we're, I think we're clicking as Heather puts it. And, and this is a thing that's more than just like having lunch one time. And so you, you say to that person or, or people like, let's start doing this on a, let's do this on purpose. Let's do this on a regular basis. And you sort of make room on your calendar for it on a regular basis, like once a month or whatever. And then now you have something to invite people into. Mm -hmm. And, and now you, you begin to pick up people and, and you see somebody or you meet somebody and you go, oh man, they would really, this is something I've noticed, Heather, you're really great at, is you meet somebody and you're like, they would really get along with so-and-so. Mm -hmm. You've said that to me hundreds of times and mm -hmm. you're always right. Like this person would really, and it's like a, because you're paying attention to people and you have people in your life and you're paying attention to them and you know them and you start to figure out how, who gets along with who and you start matchmaking. And not in a weird way, but like you just start kind of doing that naturally and you're inviting people into this thing and the whole thing picks up steam in your life. But that takes years, yeah. not weeks. It takes a long time. And to get to that place where you've got a group of people in your life that you feel like this is family yeah. and, you know, church can give you a jump start into that but if you don't ever do those steps that we're talking about that's else as far as it goes it's just like a meeting yeah you know and um we were talking when we were talking about this episode about that um there's this that scripture uh, i don't remember where it is but it says greater love has no man than this that he laid down his life for mm -hmm. his friend which is talking about jesus laying down his life for us but it's also relating to our relationships with with each other and a lot of times we immediately go to I love you enough that I would die for you. Like that kind of, that kind of thought tends to be. Um, but I've always thought and and I, I don't think everybody does, but I've always thought that it also means just being willing to lay, like lay down my own preferences, lay down my own, my, my time, lay down my, my schedule, lay down my, whatever that might be like that. I'm willing to lay that down for you to establish a relationship right. And so, like, if you, because relationships are important, like, giving up one night of the week might feel like just this huge thing, but the benefit and the reward of it is so, so great. It's so much more than just one night a week. And then what you find is you've given up a whole lot of the nights of the week because it's, it's such a fun thing and it's a joy. Um, and so being willing to kind of 
it, that might feel like a really big sacrifice at first. And maybe you don't do one night a week. Maybe you do it once a month and then right. you'll find that it's more and more. But being willing to give up your time and, and your preferences. So like I said at the beginning, you don't say, I can only do Monday night at seven o'clock at oh, my yeah. house. Gosh, you know, that's so true. You're, you're pigeonholing yourself into, you're not being flexible and you're not being, that's not being hospitable. That's not being, you're not taking into consideration anybody else's feelings or preferences. You're saying, this is exactly what I have. And so mm-hmm. there has to be a place where you're willing to say, oh, Tuesday's the best night for me, but I really could do Thursday. I'll do Thursday for you. You know, like, right. and that that's, so don't get so rigid in your rules that you um, don't have flexibility. Because mm-hmm. um, that, that will really hinder you. Yeah, I think like it's it's funny like like even when you have little kids and you think, well, my kids go to bed at like some early time, like seven thirty, eight o'clock or something, and so I can't um, have it. I can't have any friends that want to do anything after that time because I have to get my kids home. And like we had we have we had three kids, all of them were little. And we often talk about some of our best memories of when they were little was when we go to a friend's house and we would just put our kids in a pack and play Mm -hmm. at night and put them back in a bedroom somewhere and let them go to sleep. And we'd hang out till all hours of the night. And then when we were ready to go home, we'd scoop them up, slip them into the car seat and get them home and get them in bed. And yeah, they were a little grumpy the next day, but it was worth it. And now we look back. Of that simple thing that I hear so many people say, no, we can't hang out. We can't do that because our kids have to get to bed. Yeah. And like, you're like, what's the plan there? Are you just going to have no friends until your kids are like 15? You know, it's just, it's not. And I think that's part of what you're saying is like being able to kind of make your life more flexible in order to accommodate this idea of community and relationships and friendships in, in a way that like think outside the box. Yeah. Right. Yep. Think outside the box. And, and, and you can be a part of inviting other people into that. Like say, if you want to just come and like put your kids down in our, in, in the, in the spare bedroom, you can, or, yeah. or we can all go to the park together in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. or you just start thinking outside the box a little bit instead of being so rigid. I think it's hugely important, especially yeah. for parents. Yep. And also you have to give yourself permission not to have like a perfect house and a perfect, your life perfectly um, totally. scheduled. And because first of all, that's not real. Like nobody lives their life that way. And if they do, they probably have too much time on their hands <laughs> and <laughs> you put, they probably need more relationships. Um, but also like, then you're never going to do it. Like that'll always be your excuse. Mm-hmm. Well, my house isn't ready or I don't have enough food to invite people over. Or I don't have enough money to pay for a babysitter. And it's like, think through all those excuses ahead of time for yourself and for the other person you might be inviting and have an answer for them. Mm-hmm. And if that answer is be more flexible, then do that. I think another practical thing, just real quick before we end, is that this is where I'm saying the opposite of what we said last week, but to think through people that you do have similar life stages with. So like as a mom with littles, it was so much easier for me to like establish relationship and invite people in in as a mom when I had littles at home and they were and I was I've always worked, but I have worked in the home. And so then I'm mm-hmm. able to I've had I've had a job that isn't you know, full-time parenting. I've had a job outside, but it's been at home. And so it's given me more flexibility. So to invite people over for play dates and to invite people over for whatever it might be for a a day at the park, those are very much easier relationships to establish because we're doing it around our kids. 
around something we're already doing. We have the same kind of schedule in general. And you're talking about the same stuff, like your kids are in the same place. So there's all of these topics of conversation that are very easy to get to. Mm -hmm. And so think through some of that, like, or do you have kids that are teenagers? Like, then the teenagers might hang out. And then also you have that to talk about, you know, not kid related. Are you a musician? And you have some friends that are musicians. Well, that's an easy thing to get around and play. And then you're, Mm -hmm. then you're talking about music, but then hopefully it's going to lead to more than that. Or are you single? Invite some other people that are single over. It doesn't mean you can only be friends with singles, but it's just, Mm -hmm. that's an easy kind of invite. So think through some of the, like, just your practical life space that you're in right now and invite those people, those kinds of people in because it's likely that they could connect with you in an easy way. Yep. All right. So I hope you got the point. Invite, 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 invite. Lots of times, lots of people. (laughs) (laughs) Be flexible, right? Yeah. So you want to do the outro? Sure. So next week, we're going to talk about um, the topic of, okay, you've done the invitation. People, you've started to connect with people. Now what? Like how, what are some conversations you can have? How do you start? How do you stop? What happens if you get in relationships that are kind of sticky? Um, we're going to talk through a little bit of that next week. Mm-hmm. How to carry a conversation. Mm-hmm. Not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. Love you guys. See you next time. Bye. Thanks. Mm-hmm.